on today's episode, Alex DeBrinkett officially became a dad yesterday. A quick congratulations out to the DeBrinkett family. Blackhawks top prospect Lucas Reichel also will be joining Team Germany at the 2022 IIHF World Championships. And then I'll also be kicking off my annual Blackhawks season recap segment, starting off with none other than good old number 88, Patrick Kane. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Thursday, May 19th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show some support real quick. First, by following the podcast which will only take a quick couple of seconds, literally just a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Also, be sure to go and leave the show five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, then definitely go and leave me a review. I always greatly appreciate getting some feedback from my tremendous listeners out there. If you're tuning in often and you like what you're hearing, then please go and leave me a review. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of this episode, then head on over to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. Each and every episode throughout the summer and Getting into next season is going to be up having a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, folks, pretty please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Go and smash the like button for me down below. Also, go and comment what grade you would give Patrick Kane for his performance in the 2021-2022 season. And go and ring the bell. Turn on those push notifications as well so that you can be notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To kick things off here this morning, folks, I wanted to first, if you haven't heard the major news, some good news finally coming out from the Chicago Blackhawks. Alex DeBrinkett and his wife, Lindsay, yesterday announced that uh, they officially had a successful Lindsay had a successful birth of their first child named Arch, I believe, Archie. Uh, Archie DeBrinkett is the new De, uh, the new DeBrinkitten, if you will. Um, but I just wanted to ha- uh, say a quick congratulations to the DeBrinkett family. I hope, you know, everything goes well. Archie's healthy. And uh, it's going to be a whirlwind for Alex, I'm sure, these next couple of weeks, next couple of months heading into uh, – the upcoming season. So I'm sure he's going to be a lot busier. Hopefully that won't take away from his training time because we need him back on the ice and playing like he did this past season. Uh, But one more time, congratulations to Alex and Lindsay on the birth of their first child, Archie DeBrinkett. But once Alex DeBrinkett uploaded some of these photos of 
uh, Archie up on Instagram, I believe it was. The Blackhawks also tweeted it out on their social media accounts. So word spread pretty fast around the Chicagoland area and to all the Blackhawks fans that Alex and Lizzie had just had their first child. And Dylan Strom, interestingly enough, quote tweeted the Blackhawks post of the pictures um, and said, are we going to create the hashtag deadline next year with the Blackhawks with he to bring it and uh, Patrick Kane, of course, as well, recently being a father, those trio, that trio, of course, was the top line for the Blackhawks throughout the second half of the season. They really carried the way offensively without them. Uh, the Blackhawks probably would have ranked dead last in the entire NHL in terms of overall offense because night in and night out, they really were the only ones that consistently were producing and putting up numbers for this team. Uh, and then for Dylan Strom, it's going to be an interesting offseason. We've heard all about it the last, not only just the last handful of months, but Dylan Strom's name has been involved in trade talks and his future has just been so up in the air for seemingly forever. Uh, so nothing's really changing as we enter the summer here. But of course, he is going to be a restricted free agent on July 1st. The Blackhawks still do have his rights. Um, and I feel like personally, now that he hasn't been or that he didn't <clears throat> get traded at the deadline, uh, I think that's a pretty good in indication that Kyle Davidson, the new general manager and the new staff that he's brought on, want to give Dylan Strom an opportunity to prove himself maybe a little bit further next year or just overall get a better feel of what type of player he's going to be as he's, you know, maturing and starting to get into his later 20s. Not that he's old by any means, but this is really where now that he's gotten some experience under his belt, this is where he should be hitting his stride. And we saw a lot of that in the second half last season when he finally got an opportunity from Derek King. Uh, so I do believe that it's worth another look. Dylan Strome, it's worth bringing him back for another try and see what he can do in a full season up with Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane. Uh, and <clears throat> unless the Blackhawks get offered, um, similar to Brandon Hagel, a, a deal where they can't say no to, I think that's the only way that Dylan Strome isn't going to be a member of the Blackhawks last year. And as opposed to last offseason where we saw a lot of restricted free agents end up leaving for nothing. The only one who I could really see that happening to this year is potentially Caleb Jones. If the front office feels like just in terms of numbers, there's already too many defensemen that are going to be pushing for just a, a couple, one or two available spots on the NHL roster next year. Um, but aside from Caleb Jones, the, the RFAs, Kirby Doc, um, Philip Kurashev, Dominic Kubalik's another kind of iffy one, but I feel like he, he's in a similar boat to Dylan Strom where the market's probably not going to be as high as it was at the trade deadline. And if Kyle Davidson didn't trade it, those two then, um, I feel like it, it would probably be more likely that they're going to come back and get another look with the Hawks next season. But for Dylan Strom, I just thought it was interesting for him to put out this type of statement where, you know, obviously he's kind of been done dirty by the organization, if you will, for the past year, year and a half, even before this season, he wasn't really getting consistent opportunities in the lineup. He was one of those players that was up and down. One night he'd be on the third line, the next light, next night he'd be on the top line with DeBrinket and Kane. He just never had a set position in the lineup. And then of course, Jeremy Colleton was scratching him early on in the season. There's been a bunch of trade rumors for years, but now that Derek King is, you know, obviously the head coaching position is up in the air as well. We're not really sure what's what or who is going to be um, 
leading the leading the Blackhawks from behind the bench next season. We don't know what's the, the case there. If they're thinking of more of a veteran, we we know it's not going to be happening till July. But Derek King is in that conversation. And I also think <clears throat> for Dylan Strome, I don't know if this is particularly particularly important, but with Kyle Davidson as a general manager, uh, and since he's been the GM, Dylan Strome has played a big part and he's done really well. So as opposed to when Stan Bowman was here, that's the time where Dylan Strome wasn't necessarily getting consistent opportunities. I don't know if that, you know, plays a part or if it just happened to be a coincidence that way. Um, but if there was any disdain from Strome towards the Blackhawks organization over the way he's been handled over the years, I feel like that could be past him now that there is a new head coach in place. There is a new general manager and a new front office staff. I feel like that uh, new start almost, if you will, <clears throat> would lead to Dylan Strome. Not that, you know, it's he's a UFA and has choices to go elsewhere. He is a restricted free agent and the Blackhawks, they still hold his rights. I feel like um, if, you know, at the end of this next contract, assuming that the Blackhawks are going to bring him back, of course, if he performs well, I feel like he still would consider coming back to Chicago in the future because of the way he's now being handled as to opposed to how he was being, being handled under the previous staff in the previous front office. So I, I just thought it was curious to see this comment from Dylan Strom. Uh, the deadline next year could be back. You know, we, we do believe, um, I do believe at least I should say that, Alex DeBrinkett's going to be there next year. I mean, the Blackhawks would have to be offered so much in order for him to be moved, and I really hope they don't go in that direction. And then Patrick Kane, you know, there's been debates over his future along with Jonathan Taves now that their, excuse me, now that their contract is coming up at the end of next season. But based on his comments opposed to Taves, you know, you get the sense that if DeBrinkett's going to be there, Kane wants to be there. He's also talked about how playing for only one team throughout his NHL career is something that would be really cool to him and something that he would find value in doing. So I feel confident that both those two are going to be back. And if that's the case, you know, in the Blackhawks, it's not like they're going to be right up against the cap and they're competing next year. No, they got some money coming off. Calvin DeHaan is going to be gone. Eric Gustafson's going to be gone. If Caleb Jones is gone, that's another near million dollars. Um, and even the guys who are restricted free agents like Kubalik, Strom, Kurashev, Doc, none of them are going to be getting major pay raises. So it's not like the Blackhawks are going to be right up against the cap. They have the wiggle room to bring Dylan Strome back. And it sounds like he he would be, you know, again, not that it's his choice this year, but it sounds like it would be something he wants to do. And I mean, hey, I'm sure a lot of people out there would want to be playing center in between Alex DeBrinkett and Patrick Kane. Seems like a pretty good place to be. Uh, but I just found those comments both funny and interesting. We're in the off season. So these are the things we're talking about here on the podcast folks, uh, but some interesting and, and funny comments from Dylan Strom yesterday. And one more time, congratulations to Alex DeBrinkett and Lindsay for the birth of their first child, Archie. All right. There was a quick chat on Alex DeBrinkett becoming a dad yesterday and, and Dylan Strom's uh, intriguing comments regarding his future potentially. Coming up in just a moment, I will also discuss Blackhawks top prospect Lucas Reichel joining Team Germany at the World Championship. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as baseball season is finally upon us, and Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired manager is going to land or who the first fired manager is going to be in the MLB this year. Either way, whatever you want to bet on, bet online 
is the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. It's not just baseball. From the NHL and NBA playoffs to esports, boxing, UFC, golf, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online where the game begins. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. <clears throat> Moving on into segment two this morning, let's talk about top prospect Lucas Reichel officially set to join Team Germany at the 2022 IIHF World Championship. Of course, the Rockford Icehawks season came to a close uh, last week when they got swept by the Chicago Wolves in the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs. And there was some speculation going around once their, their season officially ended that Reichel would be going out to Finland to join Germany for the World Championships. And here we are, just a couple of days after Reichel is doing just that. Uh, Germany is actually playing a game here today. I'm going to look it up because I don't want to misspeak on who they're playing. They're currently up one nothing against Denmark. Reichel, although was not a part of the lineup here, but seems pretty likely that he's going to be joining them for their next game, which... What do we got here? They're playing tomorrow once again against Italy. So you see, you would think that would be a pretty likely spot for Lucas Reichel to make his first appearance in these world championships. Uh, but another really valuable experience for him uh, that's going to help in his development, of course, the world championships does get a little bit of a knock because the top players in the world aren't representing their countries. And I get that, but it's still an opportunity for a young guy like Lucas to play a major role for a team like Germany and get valuable ice time and play in meaningful moments. Like he, he's probably going to be a top six guy. I would assume for Germany with them not having very much top tier talent. Like he, he's one of the prime young players in the country. So uh, I, I would figure Lucas Reichel is going to play a pretty massive role for Germany, who uh, they're right in the middle of things right now uh, in Group A. They're currently fourth, just ahead of France, with six points through their first three games. They're a game back of most of the teams, and as I said, they're currently playing right now, so uh, it would be a big win that would put them up in the top three of the world championships. And overall, the Blackhawks so far have been putting on a pretty good showing. Um, Seth Jones and Sam Lafferty, of course, for Team USA. I wish Caleb was there as well, but he was forced to head back to the United States due to a wrist injury, which really stunk because it's taking him away from more valuable experience. He's not as young as Lucas Reichel, but he's still fairly young in his NHL career and could benefit from seeing major minutes in a tournament like this. Um, but USA actually picked up a 3 nothing win over Great Britain this morning. I believe it was nothing, nothing after the first period. And I'm like, oh boy, USA's in a dogfight with Great Britain who hasn't won a game yet. Uh, not a great look, but USA did battle back to pick up the three, nothing win. Uh, Kiefer Bellows, I believe had a two goal performance today. No points from any of the Blackhawks in this one. Uh, but Seth Jones continues to carry the way as a lot of folks expected him to do on the back end for the United States. And just taking a look at the roster, Coming into the tournament, not only did I have a feeling that Seth was going to be the captain with him having the most previous international appearances out of anyone on the roster, and also, you know, he is the best player on this team. Um, but looking at all the defensemen that were there with him, it, it was pretty clear that he was going to play massive minutes on the back end. And 
I think he's been playing 27, 28 minutes every game so far and has uh, four points through the United States' first four games. So good stuff out of Seth. Uh, Sam Lafferty, after having a goal in the opening game for Team USA, he's gone pointless since. But I like seeing my boy Top 6 Sam up on the top line for Team USA. That's when you know it's kind of an ugly roster. Sam Lafferty's playing top line center. I was like, geez, they might struggle in this tournament. Uh, but he, he's gone pointless ever since. Hopefully he'll be able to pick it back up and take advantage of getting such a major chance here in this tournament. Uh, USA is currently three points back of Sweden in Group B. The uh, United States has eight points through their first four games. Team Sweden and Eric Gustafsson, who is currently still a member of the Blackhawks technically, but won't be once July 1st hits. Uh, he, he's been having a pretty impressive show so far here at the World Championships, though. He's got four assists through the first four games. In Sweden, they're a top Group B with 11 points right now. They got three wins, and I believe uh, they lost in overtime, the only game they didn't come out victorious. So they're leading the way right now out in Group B. Eric Gustafsson has been uh, helping out on the offensive end so far, which I wish he was able to do more with the Blackhawks this season. That's the only reason they brought him back. Still shaking my head that Stan signed Gustafson for a second stint when we all knew what type of player he was. That That's um, kind of Stan Bowman in a nutshell of bringing players back. Um, but the last Blackhawks prospect, of course, or not prospect, the last Blackhawks player that's taking part in these world championships is Philip Kershev for Team Switzerland, who's currently the top team here uh, with four wins in their first four games. They got 12 points ahead of Canada right now in Group A, and Kershev's been a big part of it too. He's got three points through the first four games. And over the past couple of seasons that he's played in the World Championships or played internationally for Switzerland, it seems like every time he does so, he really does play well and takes advantage of getting um, some some big-time tournament experience. So hopefully all these Blackhawks players will be able to keep it up. It's been fun to uh, watch them perform so far. Hopefully the United States will keep winning. Um, might be a tough task for them, though, based on the, the team that they have here. Um, but it's going to be fun once the um, once the tournament rounds officially kick in, once there's playoffs and all that. Uh, Seth Jones, you know he's going to be playing a big role on the back end for the United States. Lafferty, hopefully, will keep uh, being the top-line center for Team USA as well. And then hopefully we'll see good things from Lucas Reichel um, Philip Kershev and hey, if Eric Gustafson wants to play well, good for him. You know, I don't know how much more big time experience he's going to be getting in his career, uh, but a lot of good things that we've seen so far out of some Blackhawks players. And, uh, as the tournament continues on throughout the next week or two, uh, hopefully that will remain the same. And I'll be sure to keep all of you covered, uh, right here on lockdown Blackhawks. All right. There are some quick thoughts on Lucas Reichel getting a good experience here with team Germany joining them at the 2022 IIHF World Championships and then some updates on a couple other Blackhawks players taking part in the tournament. Coming up in just a minute, I will get into Patrick Kane's 2021-2022 season recap. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Summer is coming, and you're going to need some food for being on the go. Well, Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you everywhere you go. Throw them into your bags, into your kids' backpacks, and make sure everyone has a bar to be fueled for their summer adventures. And the best part about Built Bars is that they're both delicious and healthy. So there's no more sacrificing delicious food for health because with Built Bar, you can have both. You can get the best of both worlds. 
And have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Because if not, then you're seriously missing out on one of the best tasting protein bars on the market. And I can test, I can attest to this, folks. They got uh, terrific flavors such as banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, and birthday cake, which Built Bar was kind enough to just send me a package of. I've already probably had three or four. Two days ago, I, I had two. And they're seriously just like a, a snack that I have when I'm at home. Uh, not completely hungry for a full meal. Just want to have a little bit of a snack. I've been throwing them in the fridge to keep them cold. It gives it that extra birthday cakey flavor. It's got sprinkles on the top. It's really good. I would highly recommend it. So head on over to built.com right now. And if you also use the promo code LOCKED15, then you'll get 15% off your next order. That's built.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three here today, some of you may have already heard the whispers going around or seen my posts that I made on Twitter in the past couple of days. Um, But starting on the show here today, I will be getting back into my yearly Blackhawks season recap segment that I've done for the past few summers. And I figured that there would be no better player to kick that off with the number 88, the man himself, Patrick Kane. I know I kind of just broke down Patrick Kane's season yesterday when I uh, gave out my Blackhawks 2021-2022 end of the season awards. If you haven't watched that already, definitely go check that out uh, because Patrick Kane was given one of the awards, was one of the players that I selected to be dished out. uh, And there's a lot of fun categories uh, some good debates on a couple of those. If you want to go and check out my Blackhawks end of season awards, you can go and find that on the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. And while you're there, also hit that su- subscribe button. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, but I know I kind of broke down Kaner's season yesterday, but I still didn't give him a grade. And that's what we're doing here during the season recap segment. So for Patrick Kane, first things first, I think he was nothing short of fantastic this season for the Blackhawks. And it's kind of funny because he got off to, as the entire team did, really. I'm not knocking him for this, but in the first 20 or 25 games or so, Patrick Kane really wasn't looking like himself. Again, the entire offense wasn't looking good, but it was weird to see him kind of get off to a slow start. He struggled to find the back of the net, uh, and it didn't look like he was going to have that typical Patrick Kane type season. But then once things started started getting going into the second half a little bit, um, and I think also a big part of it was playing nightly with Alex DeBrinkett and Dylan Strome. That that trio found a ton of success this year. But he started getting rolling, and we were starting to regularly regularly see two or three point games. He was carrying this team night in and night out, uh, and he wound up putting up one heck of a season. He finished with uh, ninety two points, of course the third most in his historic career. 66 assists also ties a career high for him. Um, 26 goals as well. And it's kind of funny because I mentioned this on the show yesterday as well, but he had the second lowest shooting percentage of his NHL career. And it was basically the lowest shooting percentage because uh, his previous low was 9.09%. Here he shot 9.1. So literally 0.01% away from tying a career low in terms of shooting percentage and to still have 26 goals. uh, I know he's developed that part of his game a lot more over the past six or seven years. Um, He's really 
become a consistent goal store scorer and not just a, a playmaker who was picking up assists and was known for his passing. He added the other side to it as well as he's gotten older. Um, so 26 goals in a year where um, he had basically some of the worst puck luck that he's had. They still have 26 goals. That's pretty pretty impressive and a tribute to um, how well he was playing for for this team and carrying uh, the way. And uh, he, he was getting, obviously, he's done this for a while now, but more so than um, earlier on in his career, as we've seen the past few seasons, He's been, le- been been leaned on more and more. He finished with 21 minutes and 50 seconds of average time on ice. Uh, it's the third highest of his career. Um, so the Blackhawks and Derek King, they, they leaned on him just as much. And for this for these type of numbers to come from this offense and this bad of a power play, just another testament to how special of a player Patrick Kane is and how good he still is and is only getting better seemingly with age. Um, we also saw him put up, again, even though it was a terrible Blackhawks power play, he had 31 power play points this season, which is his most since 2015-16. Uh, he also um, had nine power play goals, which is his most in the past couple of years as well. And it was a very predictable Blackhawks power play. A lot of teams knew it was only going to be him and DeBrinket playing pitch and catch from dot to dot. And he still found a way to, you know, have some of his better power play numbers. I know the last couple of years have been shortened seasons, um, but they were still pretty solid power play numbers, all things considered from where the Blackhawks ranked in the entire NHL. A couple other things that stood out to me about Patrick Kane this season. Um, he had 49 giveaways, which is the second most of his NHL career, but I'm going to kind of put throw that away because you know how much and how often he was playing with the puck. He needed to play with the puck uh, a ton each and every game in order for the Blackhawks to be putting up goals. So I think that's just more so associated to how often, you know, the defensemen were leaving it, leaving the puck back for him to pick it up and enter the zone with speed. That was, you know, their game plan every game. You want to give Patrick Kane as many puck touches as possible. And that's why I think um, the giveaways were, were up a little bit this season. That's what's going to happen when he's the entire offense. And also he's playing 22 minutes or more every night, seemingly. Getting into some of Patrick Kane's analytics too here, I definitely um, always like to go through some of the analytics when I'm having these season recaps just to get a better um, understanding of what they could suggest or what they could tell you about someone's game. And again, for someone like Patrick Kane, who was on the ice for, you know, average 22 minutes a night, the Blackhawks leaned on him heavily to carry the puck. And, you know, being one of the worst teams in the NHL, giving up a lot of goals, that's what happens when you're a bad team. You give up more goals than you score. But considering that, Patrick Kane had really impressive analytic number, analytical numbers this season. Uh, 56.1 Corsi percentage. He's never had it below 50 in his entire career. So the Blackhawks have always been better when he's been on the ice. Not much of a surprise there. But I thought that number stood out, um, especially for people, you know, and I'm one of them who critique Patrick Kane's defense because he he has to focus so much on the offensive side of things in order for the Blackhawks to be competitive. Uh, I probably didn't didn't expect his Corsi to be that high on this bad of a team this year with the amount of ice time that he played. Uh, but at five on five, he was actually on the ice for 116 goals for as opposed to 97 goals against. And an interesting part of that as well is that the on-ice save percentage from the Blackhawks netminders while Kaner was on the ice 
was 87.6%, an 8.76 save percentage at even strength from the Blackhawks netminders when Kaner was out there. That's the lowest that he's had in his career. So his analytics could have been even a, a bit better had the Blackhawks netminders done him some uh, some favors. Probably, I'm assuming a huge part of that was Kevin Lankinen in his 31 starts and being the number one tendy down the stretch of the year. I'm sure that didn't help with his struggles. Um, but but Kaner, a good o- offensive player all around once again this season, one of the best in the entire NHL and still finding a way a, a way to do it on this bad of a Blackhawks team. Um, again, they leaned on him heavily. He answered the call night in and night out in the second half of the season. It was a little bit of a slow start. That was the case for the entire team. So all in all, I thought it was nothing short of a fantastic season from Patrick Kane. Spoiler alert, if you haven't already gone back and watched my end-of-season award show that I had on on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast yesterday, there was a reason why I gave Patrick Kane the co-MVP award, because he really carried this team. Everyone knows that. It's no secret. He, he did it night in and night out. So all things considered, the grade that I'm going to give Patrick Kane, it's an A+. I don't know how you can give him anything different. The role that he had, his compete level, and I forgot to mention this, he was dealing with a nagging injury throughout the season. Like, to still have the 14th most points in the NHL, to get the job done on this bad of a Blackhawks team, put up some of the best numbers of his career. It's nothing short of amazing. So because of that, I, I think I have no choice but to give Patrick Kane an A-plus here. And it was another uh, marvelous season from him and an absolute joy to watch. It's probably not going to happen next year, but hopefully the Blackhawks can help him out a little bit more uh, and give him some fonder memories so that um, he can finish up. You know, Not that his career is going to be coming to an end anytime soon because like a fine wine, Patty Kane's only getting better with age, um, but hopefully, you know, the Blackhawks won't be wasting seasons like this from him for far too much longer because, you know, father time catches up with everybody eventually. And Kane's not, you know, in his upper 30s or anything. I do believe he has a lot of good years left, but you don't want to waste these types of seasons when Patrick Kane is still truly an elite talent and is still one of the best players in the entire NHL. He proved that he was still that last season, and because of that performance, I think I have to give him an A+. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, May 19th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to go and follow. It'll only take a quick couple of seconds. Please help me out, folks. Go and follow. Lockdown Blackhawks, wherever you get your podcasts. And also go and subscribe to Lockdown YouTube as well. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast to get all the latest news, updates, and info from all the teams that are still around and still alive in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's free and available on all platforms. So be sure to check out Lockdown NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you have any questions regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, 
feel free to email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. All one word, of course. You can also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you could even call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.